Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hey, Browns fans, before we get started, just want to thank the sponsors of today's show. Head to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S right now and use promo code dogs when you check out. Take advantage of the 50% off site-wide sale, plus you'll get eight free burgers with your order. And again, use that code dogs when you check out to get $30 off your order. And Danger Coffee. Get 10% off at dangercoffee.com slash dogs. Use promo code dogs. 10% off mold-free, toxin-free, delicious coffee. The last like skill position the Browns need to definitely be looking at in the draft is going to be running backs. And the we can there's I have only got two guys on my list. And the main one I think that you interviewed, you interviewed Ray Davis, correct? From Kentucky. Yeah, from Kentucky, yeah. Okay, can we talk about him real quick? Yeah, short guy, um, but he had the build of, of like, you know, Barry Sanders and Emma Smith were, were short guys. LaDame and Tomlinson were short guys. 5'8", 220, is that about right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's my height, but like <laughs> 70 yeah. pounds more than me. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's He's got very good hands, and he's got a powerful running style and i i have seen tape on him before i I was doing uh an interview with him uh or when i was transcribing my interview i just went to youtube and uh he breaks a lot of tackles he he gains a lot of yards after contact uh people just bounce right off of it he's got a low center of gravity and he's got some good moves but he will also take a lick and i think what impressed me the most was that when he would come to the line, he had good vision to see, and the patience and ind- identify which rushing lane would open up for him. Um, but he's great pass catcher. And more importantly, this guy is a stud in blocking. Ah, nice. Okay. Absolutely. He would just take on anybody. And usually that's a safety or a linebacker, sometimes a cornerback, but he would take on anybody. Um, and, um, but I, I think he'll be fifth round, fourth round. Um, and my opinion of the Browns running back room, you know, they bring John Kelly up and down, Jerome Ford, either you love him or you hate him. Um, some people just can't stand him. Some people like the way he is. I think Pierre Strong would be a better running back if they'd given the the ball more. Mm, we were talking about but that it, all year. Yeah, I I think he's going to be a good back. Uh, Jerome Ford, good kickoff return man. Mm-hmm. Jerome Ford's a hell of a receiving back. 
You get him in yeah, space, yeah. you get him in space and he's a dangerous threat. The problem that we always say on the show is getting him yeah. into space because, and the thing is, I do love Jerome Ford. I, I do. I was excited to get him coming out of Cincinnati. He's just frustrating as all hell to me because it's lateral, lateral, lateral. And I understand the the running scheme in the Kevin Stefanski offense and waiting, you know, being more patient, waiting for lanes to open up. But he does not see them very often. When he does, the dude can hit a home run. But it's just, it's very rare. It's more, more times than not, you're getting one to two yards of carry. You're getting stuffed at the line or behind the line with Jerome Ford. And, you know, yep. what you just described about Ray Davis seems like a guy that can kind of do those things, but he can hit the hole when it's there. Yeah, I, I think Ray Davis is a classic example of like a, a plug and play back in this draft class. Man, that's what we need um, too. Mm-hmm. He, he's his key strengths are the uh, hitting a hole and, and knowing where to hit the hole but he's got home run speed he absolutely does he's got home run speed and he's he's proven the ability in, in college that he can find the end zone do you know how many off top how many touchdowns in college he had do you have that number I, okay i don't it well it was dealt this year so i was just going to do a quick shout out to andrew jackson dog pack member in the patreon because kentucky is his college football team so we're going to be hearing about ray davis as soon as he watches this he'll be in the discord talking about it so we will learn a yeah. whole lot more about ray davis after this show because uh i'm sure andrew has some input so i'm very interested in this kid for sure and ray davis was very well spoken he was uh yes sir no sir um really nice guy and after it was over with two or three of the reporters would say all right ray well well good luck to you all right ray uh I'll see you later. And, you know, he said, all right, God, fellas, I'd, and that's the kind of guy he was. It looked like he was somebody, you know, came over to borrow your weed whacker or something. <laughs> well, that kind of fits in with the Cleveland Browns culture, I feel like, where everybody's just, they're good, you know, they're just good people, good teammates, right. and, and, you know, just overall good to be around. So, yeah, Ray Davis, definitely interesting. Now, the only hang-up I have with him that I looked at was he's 24 years old already. He is 24, and somebody asked about that. I didn't ask, and I used that question because that's something you can do when you interview is, is when you ask questions, I can use your question, I can use your answers if I need to mm-hmm. or if I want to. And somebody had asked that, and he said, well, I'm experienced, and, you know, it's not like I'm 34. <laughs> well, that's a good mentality. Now, again, you know, disclaimer, I'm not saying that 24 years old is old but it is old to be a prospect coming out of college as a rookie into the nfl especially at the running back position because the shelf life is so short what was brandon whedon 28 yeah 28 or something crazy like that so so that could mean but you know 24 is nothing 24 is absolutely nothing that's still finding yourself no especially if you if you're drafting a running back later in the draft to be a one contract kind of guy because by the end of his contract he's 28 you're you're probably not going to re-sign him and right. it just, it just it more it, it more sucks for the running back himself because your opportunity in the NFL is going to be extremely limited. You're not going to get a big second contract at 28, 29 years old. It's just probably not right. going to happen unless you are, you know, the exception to the rule, which there are very few of those. Is Chubb a cut candidate? Okay, well, do yeah. you want my cut candidate list? Yeah. yeah. I really only have two guys based on the numbers that are – candidates be cut and it's jordan akins can be cut to save two and nick chubb can be cut to save 11.8 million 
That's a big eleven point eight million. I think he's good. I mean, if he in order to keep him, they got to restructure him for sure. Absolutely. So, and I know it's it's like semantics and just terminology, but you can't restructure Nick Chubb because of the way his deal. There's no money to move around into bonus or whatever, but they could extend him. So that's kind of where the thing with Nick Chubb comes in. You could extend him, and then essentially, like we talked about, he would be taking a pay cut. Yeah, for this I think, year. I mean, but I don't even know if he's going to be he is he going to be ready week 1? No. If he starts on pup is that 6 weeks? Does he come yeah. back on a snap count? At what point is he 100% back? So do it mid-season or is it even this year at all? I don't think he'll miss the whole no, year. No, no, I'm saying I'm saying 100% He got hurt week 2. Yeah, I, but I, I mean But if but if they're saying though, I mean if he starts on pup, I'm just I'm just thinking timeline-wise if he's on a snap count, if he's we need to, I guess we need to figure out where he's at in terms of like when he's going to be back because, right. I mean, there's there's people coming back from ACLs and, I mean, Cam Akers came back like eight months later. Uh-huh. Right. You know what I mean? So we do it, like if we're saying mid-season, we think it's going to take Nick Chubb 16 months. I don't. We're no. going to think it's going to take him twice as long as Cam Akers. We'll see if the chat knows any recent updates. I know, I know, I listen to a lot of uh, Browns Daily and uh, uh, what's his name? Nate was saying he uh, he thinks not week one. It not I, he's he'd be shocked if he's ready week. The one. thing to remember too is I mean guys do tear their ACLs and make a recovery, but it usually they're not they're not a hundred percent themselves. Like we saw Brees Hall this year, and he's twenty two years old. It took him till the end of the season to really get back to right. his full strength. And the thing with Chubb is when it happened, we all thought it was season ending. Uh, like it was career ending career. I'm sorry. Yeah. Career ending. That's what I meant. Like it, it was a much more devastating injury than some of these other guys. And if anybody can bounce back, we've said I, it's Nick Chubb, but this is my, this is my thought on it. I can't see Nick Chubb like pounding the table and saying that he wants top dollar running back money. I like, I think that he's deserving of it. I mean, what he's done in Cleveland has been nothing but spectacular. He's one of my favorite Browns player, if not my favorite Browns player of all time. Yeah. But to me, there, there's got to be some restructuring. And, I, and if that means take a risk on him down the road and you're extending him, I say you take that chance because if anybody overcomes an injury like that, it is Nick Chubb. But I, to me, I don't think that you can pay him. What's he going to get paid this year? Eleven. Right? Isn't that the cap uh, hit? His, I thought ca- he was his cap hit is 15.8, oh, almost his? 16, 15.8. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I don't think you can pay him 15.8 million. Just go, hey, we'll see you when you get back healthy. <laughs> we'll see you Nick. when we see you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough situation because, like, the Browns are trying to, you don't, you want to take care of your guys. For sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody wants to take care of Nick Chubb because of what he means to the team and to the city and the organization. But, I don't business also. Yeah. And like, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a super, I don't envy Andrew Barry and Stefanski and these guys to make this decision because it's also at a position that is widely known as like, not that you don't pay for this position, not valued as, you know, this is why the Browns made the contract the way they did to be in this position where they hold the leverage at this point in his career, where it's like, you know, if we if we need to move on, we can. We have that option. And you heard Barry in the press conference. He said, you know, we're going to do everything we can to work with Nick Chubb. But it did sound like there's going to have to be some compromising here or else. Can you imagine? Oh, I can't imagine, though, the shit storm in Cleveland <laughs> if, if Nick they Chubb is not him. a Cleveland Brown. Yeah. And then, like, Deshaun doesn't play well or gets hurt again. And people are going to be like, we had to cut Nick Chubb. 
we had to cut everybody's favorite player because this guy's making X amount of dollars and he's hurt again or he sucks or, you know what I mean? Like if we cut Nick Chubb, Deshaun, that just, that's even more pressure on Deshaun. Mm -hmm. Cause if we cut Nick Chubb and Deshaun isn't like a top five quarterback, it is going to be, it's going to be insufferable in yes. Cleveland. Like you're not, he's not gonna be able to show his face. It's going to be bad. So if he's, he's got to hope Nick Chubb's willing to play ball a little bit, or he's got to really hope that he, turns back the clock and it's 2020 Deshaun because if not it's going to be ugly. It's just going to it's going to be super ugly. With that being said, I I mean my gut says they'll work out a me too. A, a mini extension where me he too. takes a pay yeah. cut, he's not near the cap hit he is, you know, projected to be. So I I think he'll be here. But you never know. You never know how these things are going to go. Like I think you said at one point on a previous episode Blake, I mean, is he going to turn down guaranteed money to I think I said that on the after hours. Like, okay. That's what I think I is me as an, I guess I've never, obviously I've never been a pro athlete. Some might get competitive eater, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm not, uh, but the, um, uh, like if my job came to me and you know, and I worked on like a contract basis and I'm doing my work or whatever and something happened and they were like, Hey, we want you to keep doing this work, but for less money, I would say, no, no, even though you, that. and, and you just got really like really hurt doing this job. Yeah. Especially if I was like, this is my last, I'm not going to make lots of money after this. This is my last job. So no, I'm going to need all that money. Mm -hmm. uh, now I don't know Nick Chuck. I don't know what endorsements and stuff he has. Cause I mean, he's super, he's quiet. I don't, I would I'm imagine he does a lot. I don't think. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know how much money he's got off the field. I mean, we had to promote his cereal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like some of these guys, the, the, the on the field money doesn't matter. They make more off the field than they do on the field, mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of the, like, these main guys. Mm -hmm. But so like to me, if I'm Nick Chubb, I'm like, no, I'm not giving you, uh, you know, my money back. Mm -hmm. I, I need that money. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and we can sit here and say, don't be selfish. Do what you can for the, none of you guys would just voluntarily right. give up $10 million either. Right. You know what I mean? You're, he's trying to not work for the rest of his life. Well, and solidify his family's yeah, yeah, legacy generations and, yeah. of so his family. So it, it's such a, a touchy. I guess if you're a Cleveland fan, you have to hope he's like, he's not me. <laughs> you know, and, and, and he likes, you know, I, I don't hate my job actually, but like if he likes his job in Cleveland more than I like my company, because I tell my company, you can afford it. You're going to give me all my money. Mm. And, uh, it so, also just, I think it goes to his plans as a player though. Like what does he want out of the rest of his career after this recovery? How does, does he feel like he can play another five years in the league? If he does, you know, maybe he does take a, a, a pay cut for this year to do an extension, but to, <laughs> to get, to get money for more years. You know what I mean? Who were some of these uh, right. restructure slash cut candidates? Yeah. So we'll dive into the contract conversation now. And I mean, so the Browns right now going into the offseason, we are 19.6 million under the cap. Or I mean, over the cap, sorry. Oh boy. So we are 19.6, almost $20 million in the hole. But by the time, if they do a bunch of these things, they could potentially free up and be at like 68 or more in available space. So okay. number one, so these are the, the candidates that could be restructured and how much that they can free up according to overthecap.com. Deshaun Watson can be restructured, frees up 33.6 million. Amari Cooper can be restructured, frees up 12.5. Mm -hmm. 
Denzel Ward can be restructured, frees up 10.6. Jed Wills can be restructured, frees up 9.7. Joel Batonio can be restructured. He's 4.3. And Wyatt Teller could be restructured for a savings of 3.4. I wish I was really good at math. And I'm sure there's some other guys, too, that that are a little bit lower than that that they might just rework just to free up. You know how they'll you'll get the news that says, hey, they restructured these three guys, saved up, freed up an extra $3 million or something. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I wouldn't like Wyatt Teller. Is he, was he a cut candidate? He's not a cut candidate, but he's a trade candidate, a trade candidate. Let me see. Cause I, I like over the cap because it lets you play out all the different scenarios. So let me just see here. Wyatt Teller. If we cut him before June 1st, we cannot cut him. We <laughs> would, we would. <laughs> Lose way too much money. Okay. Okay. So cut. So if we cut him after June 1st, we can free up 6.4. And if we trade, we can't trade him before we could trade. So 6.4 cut or trade after June 1st. Okay. We could free up 6.4 or we could restructure. Like I said, and it's whatever. So really only if you restructured cost you 3 million. That's I just restructure and keep him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not my 3 million, but uh, that's what I would do. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, you know my household runs on Omaha Steaks, and that's why I'm so excited that 50% off site-wide is back. That's right. It's Omaha Steaks President's Day sale, and right now, listeners of this show can go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, use promo code DOGS when you check out, and get eight free burgers with your order. With the price of food and meat nowadays being sky high, these are my favorite sales of the year because nothing can beat 50% off all the juicy, tender steaks, burgers, chicken, pork, seafood, etc. Plus grab a package with the caramel apple tartlets for dessert. I never order anything from Omaha Steaks without getting those caramel apple tartlets. Take advantage of this sale right now before it's over. That's 50% off site-wide at omahasteaks.com slash dogs. Use promo code dogs and get eight free burgers with your order. Hey, Ohio, if you haven't downloaded the BetMGM app yet, you'll definitely want to take advantage of this limited time offer. New users who sign up through our link must deposit $10 and place a first wager of $5 on any live bet. Once your bet is placed, you will instantly receive $150 in bonus bets. You will get three bonus bet tokens of $50, allowing you to make multiple wagers with your bonuses. This offer is only available if you sign up through our link, which you can find in the description below, or scan the QR code on your screen to start signing up. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. 
everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. So now let's dive in to the defensive tackle position and we are going to kick things off with our guy Dalvin Tomlinson, six foot three, three hundred and twenty-five pounds, born in McDonough, Georgia. He actually won three state titles in wrestling. Kind of a cool stat about him. Big dude. I could see it. I, I would hate to have to go up and wrestle freaking Dalvin Tomlinson. He played his college football at Alabama. He was a second round pick, number 55 overall in 2017 by the New York Giants. This in 2023 was his seventh season in the league. He will turn 30 years old uh, on February 28th. So probably right around the time you guys are watching this, I'm guessing he missed, you know, I was, I put it in here February 28th. So he just missed the leap year and, uh, his birthday is, like I said, is either coming up or it's already passed. So either way, happy big three Oh 30th birthday to Dalvin Tomlinson. So moving over to the stats, Dalvin Tomlinson on the season had just three missed tackles. He had 28 total tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks, which is the second most of his career. So that's cool. Um, and that's pretty much it for those those basic counting stats. So let's move over here to the advanced. Okay, that's right. I wanted to talk about the advanced metrics again from ESPN. So I did this with Miles Garrett because all I could really find were the top 10 in each of these categories for ESPN. I haven't found like their entire listing yet, but when I do, I will talk about it. But they have, like I talked about with Garrett, they have a run-stop win rate. So I didn't really explain this last time, but I'll explain it here. A run-stop win rate, according to ESPN, how they track this, is a, uh, a defender can earn a win by doing any of the following. Beating his blocker so he's in a better position to stop the runner. Disrupting the pocket or running lane by pushing his blocker backward. Containing the runner such that he must adjust his running lane or recording a tackle within three yards of the line of scrimmage. If a defender earns a run-stop win, his blocker earns a loss, and vice versa. So in terms of interior defensive linemen, defensive tackles, Dalvin Tomlinson was ranked number two in the NFL, according to ESPN, with 43% run-stop win rate. He had 86 wins on 198 plays, and he had a 39% win rate against double teams. So... Just like Miles Garrett, was, he, I mean, he was, uh, what did I tell you guys? He was number two in pass rush win rate. He was number seven in run stop win rate for defensive ends. And then we've got Dalvin Tomlinson on that D-line, who's number two defensive tackle in run stop win rate. So awesome, awesome stuff for Dalvin Tomlinson. And also what's interesting here, actually Jordan Elliott was number six in this category with a 40% run stop win rate 72 wins on 181 plays his double team rate was actually even higher than dalvin's at 45 percent. so the browns actually had two defensive tackles in the top 10 of run stop wins so we'll get to jordan elliott here in a little bit but he was kind of a surprising dude this year 
But back to Dalvin Tomlinson. Move over to PFF. Minimum of 250 snaps. That was eight, 128 qualifying defensive tackles. He had a 63.3 defense grade. That was 49th overall. 73.2 pass rush. That was 30th overall. 36 total pressures. That was tied for 31st. 23 hurries. His uh, PFF pass rush win rate was 9.7%. 38 per, or That was 38th overall. He had a 52.1 run defense grade and 11 stops on the season. Dalvin Tomlinson, in terms of his contract, signed a four-year, $57 million deal with the Browns in 2023. His 2024 cap hit is just $6.5 million. His dead cap is $22.2 million. So the Browns are locked into Dalvin Tomlinson. He is going to be the anchor of the interior D-line for 2024. So go ahead and lock him into the lineup with Miles Garrett. Oboe, Alex Wright, and the guys we talked about in the last episode. And in terms of guys who played a lot of snaps for the Browns at defensive tackle in 2023, that's it. Dalvin Tomlinson, that's your guy. That's your guy under contract for 2024. And everybody else is either a free agent or they are Siaki Ika. <laughs> that's really it. Siaki Ika is the only other guy on the roster at the defensive tackle position. If you guys are watching this on YouTube after the live and this clip that I'm about to play from Get Up is not on here, it's because YouTube made us take it out because of copyright. YouTube's kind of stupid. I hate YouTube. But anyway, here we go. I'm trading Deshaun Watson and a second round pick to the New York Giants for Daniel Jones. And hear me out. What's if you're the, the Cleveland Browns, you have Dorian Thompson Robinson, you have Joe Flacco, and now a 27-year-old Daniel Jones who has one year left of guaranteed money for $36 million and an enormous amount of flexibility moving forward. And if you're the Giants, you're getting Deshaun Watson, who's Are you? 29, Are you? who's making $46 million a year for the next three years and a second round pick. And to me, you need a frontline difference-making quarterback. Because Bart, right now, if you're the Giants, how in the world do you win the NFC when you have to beat San Francisco, Green Bay, Dallas, Philly, and Detroit? With Daniel and I, Jones, right. Yeah, with Daniel Jones. So to me, Deshaun Watson hasn't played well the last couple of years, but he has a high upside, and he's only 29 years old. So, so, so. Who says no? All right, hang on. Okay. Before you guys even go, you guys, yes. wanna, let me say something here. Okay. A one, 148 and 156. What do you think that is? A 148 and a 156? Yeah, what, are, what do you think those two numbers represent? Uh, that's know, Mike Tannenbaum's career as a GM. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so maybe, maybe this guy doesn't give advice. Okay. Uh, on, on, yeah. On personnel decisions yes. for, for good football teams, because that, that was the, maybe the dumbest thing I've, the Giants should trade for Deshaun because he's such a difference maker and they have to win right now, but we have to also give up the second round pick. Right. Because he's so bad, that's the only way we can get rid of him? Yeah. Like, but, wait, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then it frees say. up all this money, but it doesn't really free up hardly any money because they damn near make almost the same amount per year. Right. And then the thing that also is crazy about it, because I, I really like thought this through and I was like, just tried to like listen to his take on it. And he's like, man, the NFC is so tough. Green Bay, San Francisco. And I'm like, what about the AFC? What about the killers in the AFC? You got the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. That's you got a good Buffalo, point, Josh Allen. Look at our division. Yeah. You think Daniel Jones can stay upright against Baltimore, against Pittsburgh? 
It's just Get a, a crazy, here. crazy. Well, and you started off saying something stupid where he's like, they have Dorian Thompson Robinson. Joe they Flacco. They have Joe Flacco. First of all, we do not have Joe Flacco. No. He is not under contract, no. you dipshit. And second of all, did you watch DTR this year? I'm sorry. That's not an argument in favor of getting Daniel Jones on the right. roster. Are you kidding me? Daniel Jones is terrible. Uh-huh. Daniel Jones can be successful in the East against <laughs> Washington. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, Philly and Dallas are okay. But, I mean... Do we not think the AFC North is a better division than the AFC East? Was his whole point that we could get out of Daniel Jones' contract after one year? Was that like that? Is that because it just makes no sense? It it, well, and he made it sound like the Browns aren't trying to win right now. Like, hey, hey, bro, we're in like this is it. We are trying to win. The time is now. Yeah, (laughs) you know, uh, Daniel Jones makes forty million a year. Right, it's just forty million too much. Forty million a year. So people, people like to. People will say Deshaun Watson has the worst contract in sports. <laughs> uh, you know what? Another thing too. Daniel I, Jones makes forty million a year. I, I could be way off on this, and this is just my personal opinion. He's Daniel Jones is like a little athletic and like can do some things. Daniel Jones kind of reminds me of a former quarterback that we had, where everything had to be pretty damn good. You know what I mean? Like, and even then, he's had one kind of. Okay, okay year. year. It's not like he just got lucky and had it in the contract year. <laughs> yes. Right. And the I'm thing, in a bad spot. And I know you're talking about Baker, but I don't, you don't know that I'm talking about Baker, Baker was, I mean, I take Baker Mayfield over Daniel Jones. Any For day sure. Me I mean, too. at least I feel like there are times when Baker can put it all together and go out there and win a ball game here yeah. and there, but not Daniel Jones. People, people will crap on the Browns and say that they, they screwed Baker. They made the hard decision that the Giants didn't make. Right. And yes. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was very similar. Yep. Yep. And the Browns made the tough decision, which is when you want your people in charge to, to be able to do, you want them to be like, I know this is going to give us some heat, but I can take that heat because I, this is what I think is best for the team. And they moved on from Baker and whether they were going to move on from whether Deshaun Watson was on the table or not, he I was, I, they were saying all this stuff in public. He was not coming back. Okay. They were moving on. And because they knew he wasn't worth forty million a year, and they the Giants didn't do that, and now they are up shit creek. Yes, that is a great point because they were in the same situation as the Browns, and they copped out and said, "We'll just pay this guy because we're too cheap to go out and get a better guy. We don't know what to do. We have a shitty management. I don't know what their paid him instead of Saquon." Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it goes back to you don't pay your running backs, but. Daniel Jones, really? $40 million a year? Yeah, I love that. Deshaun Watson is not the worst contract in his sport. Correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and, and then, you know, you know you said something dumb if Aaron Goldhammer is pushing back on right. you. Okay, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I saw him, they had Tannebon on, and, yeah, he I was saw like, and he was like, the Giants are trying to win right now, and he was like, we're trying to win right now. Like we have the raw, we have a better roster than the Giants do. We are in win now mode, and Tampa just fumbling over himself. And I'm like, if if Goldhammer is telling you you're dumb, you you went off the rail, stupid. Because Goldhammer is like, I do the eight literal horse shit on t- on. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? So uh, so if that guy is telling you you said something stupid, you know you messed up. Well, and then he, yeah, and he, so he, he says it on ESPN, something stupid, and then he doubles down on it. It's like. At some point, you just got to step back and say, I really shouldn't have said that. They have pre- like production meetings, 
whenever he came up with this in the production meetings, it get up. You'd have to think like, so everybody was like, what the fuck did this guy just say? Yeah, like it's about clicks, bro. It's and that's what leads clicks. me to like, does anybody even watch ESPN in this stuff? Like get up, do, do, I used to like do get we up take a this lot stuff serious anymore? Ago. Oh, it's not, it's not serious anymore though. Yeah. It's no. not a serious industry. So I, there was a time in my life, especially like when I was younger and single and lived by myself and nobody else was, I would watch sports center mm-hmm. and then I would watch Cold the exact pizza. same sports center. Yeah. And then I would watch the exact same. I would, it was just on my TV and yeah. I just watched it. I did that as a kid over man. Was, and over and over again. Yeah. And I'd be honest outside of a football game on Monday night or something. I don't remember the last time I turned on ESPN, mm. even during football season. And I, and I know like the guy gets on my nerves. I watched the herd a million times before I would turn on ESPN mm-hmm. because Colin might annoy the crap out of me, but at like, at least it's sports. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I don't, I like Dan Orlowski. I still don't watch it. Ryan Clark is, he says some, he's about 50, 50. Uh, they just, it's bad. Yes, I don't remember the last time I watched it. And at one point, it was the only thing I watched. Back like the golden age when they had the This Is Sports Center commercials yep. and it had the ticker on the side. Yeah. You, so you knew what was coming up next. And the top 10 was coming up. And I'd just be watching just to get to the top 10. Not anymore, man. No. Nope. Not, Not anymore. anymore. What they about get, Pat? You ever watch Pat? Uh, it's I, fun, I watch like more clips of Pat than yeah. I actually just sit down and watch his show. Um, I tell you, I think what really started like the downward trend for ESPN was when they went to both coasts. Mm. But they had all their talent in one building. I used to watch Stan, uh, Stan and Neil at oh, night. Yeah. And then they went out West Coast and they didn't start coming on until, you know, I was already going to bed. And those were the, the funniest guys. They got rid of, you know, I don't think Kenny Maine's there anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is. I can't remember. But if he is, he's not there very often. Couldn't tell you. They lost all the, all the talent. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, it's... One thing is not even watchable. The, the watchable. big my biggest takeaway from like ESPN and a lot of these sports shows anymore is I don't feel the sincerity. Like there's nothing genuine about it. It's all I feel like it, like it's scripted. They just bring up random bullshit just to just for argument's sake. And it's like Yeah. Ah. No, that's fair. I and mean I, that's what sells. Like, like there's there's no way. There's no way. Did Tannenbaum really think this is a good trade idea? I mean Maybe. I mean, seriously. Maybe. Did okay, but then somebody thought that it was worth letting him say. Yeah. Come on. Really? I mean, they they had it at the bottom and everything. They were ready for it. I don't want to like it was coming. get into too much about the world or whatever thing, but what's killing <laughs> what's killing sports, we'll keep it this the twenty four hour news cycle and and social and social media. These they have to just say stupid stuff stay to try relevant. to get you to watch so they can clip it because it's the only way to stay relevant. Yeah. And you have to have something to talk about twenty four seven. You know, it's not, you can't, it doesn't just stop at one point. They have to be, have stuff to talk about one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning. Um, I just hate like reactionary media anymore. Like is this person has a bad game and then for the whole next week is like, is his career over or he has a good game? Is he an envy? Like, can we just watch a football season? And I know like we do a weekly podcast and we talk about stuff on a day to day, week to week basis, but that's why all throughout the season, I was like, guys, let's relax. Let's like watch maybe the next couple games before we decide if we're good or not. Think about Browns fans. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, literally eight weeks ago, there were still Browns fans talking about Kevin Stefanski needed to be fired. I mean, yeah. that's a real thing that we heard daily. I still hear it, multiple, dude. multiple times. I believe it. I, I believe, do. which is wild to me. I know. It's just, it, it's everything is 
a hundred percent go or like nothing. And it just, mm-hmm. it drives me nuts. And that's all ESPN is anymore. And like, you got Ryan Clark going on there saying that the hardest thing I had to do all year was pretend like Brock Purdy was an MVP candidate, but there's a thousand clips and him. you weren't yeah. pretending. And then even afterwards, he'll say something like, Oh, Brock Purdy showed me what he could do. And like, but you 10 minutes ago, you said you were pretending. So what? So now should I not believe anything you ever say? Because you were pretending because the producer in your ear told you to act like you thought he was good. So it's not even your own opinion. If I want your own opinion, I got to go watch your podcast. Right. You know, so it's just like, why would we, why, why listen to anything any of them say? I will say that is one thing that I really enjoy about, and this is off Brown's topics and stuff. I just, just podcasting in general. I love that we're an independent podcast. We're beholden to nobody. We just, we say what we want to say, what we believe and, until we get kicked off of YouTube. And then we'll be, well, it doesn't matter. You can't kick us off of yeah. Spotify. You can't kick us. I mean, we'll, we'll always be somewhere. It's, I at like you, it. At your mom's house. <laughs> I moved out of there. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so now, the, or quite arguably the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. There's a reason that dude, I, I saw something. This is what made me chuckle when I was looking up uh, hit some of his stats. Um, let me, let, oh, here we go. Um, his time with the Miami Dolphins, uh, after acting as consultant for the team during the 20, uh, oh, he became the vice president of football operations starting February 1st, 2015, after acting as a consultant for the team during the 2014 NFL season. On December 31st, 2018, he was reassigned from his duties without a defined purpose. <laughs> So his last time, like in charge of a team or whatever, they were just like, Hey man, you just like, can you go do something? Like, we'll keep paying you just what, just like go hide. Somewhere. Find something yeah. to do. Yeah. Like, could you grab a broom? You know, <laughs> like you're not, you don't get to make any decisions. Get to anymore. the bottom of this for us. Yeah. Uh, like, Hey, yeah, I heard somebody said something. Can you go just go away? Mm. That, that, that's a, what essentially what happened to him. And then all of a sudden he pops up on, this is a guy who's considered an expert. Right. And that's why th- these shows are failing and nobody cares anymore because. Hey, we all have the internet. <laughs> it took me five seconds to realize that Mike Tannenbaum fucking sucks at his job. You know? That's fair. That's fair. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. it, I, I can find that out very quickly. So why would I listen to this guy? Mm-hmm. Now, Especially if, when this is the stuff he says. Yes. If he wanted to talk numbers. Okay. Cause I'm not going to do that. But to just like sit here and talk about these player personnel decisions you would make when I can just jump on Google and be like, oh, you got told to just go hang out in a broom closet <laughs> at the end of your tenure. You're under 500 for your career. Okay. So maybe I shouldn't take you that serious. Right. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I wanted to, I was going to do like my first solo outing talking about this, but I knew we were going to talk about it on oh, the show. Okay. When are you starting that, by the way? I guess, are we announcing it to everybody right now? I don't want to make any commitments. <laughs> I finally got my home, like new home set up. I got my, I got the recording program set up. I actually put it out in the, the uh, Discord today, what they wanted me to talk about. Um, so I'm going to hopefully start dropping some stuff, some, uh, is it weird if I call it solo content? Does that make it sound, <laughs> no, it does that make sound, it sound erotic? Blake's takes, man. Blake's takes. It's not behind a paywall yet, so just keep your socks on. Mm-hmm. Or don't. Bro. I can't make any promises. I kind of figured. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be like me, like pushing my fingers between my big toe and my. <laughs> Jesus. 
I just broke the internet. People are going to be lining up. Our first 1 million view video on YouTube. Yeah. I, look at those disgusting ass feet. Those look like the feet of a guy who doesn't walk too much, but when he does, it hurts because he's hurts heavy. His knees. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Manly Bands. Browns fans, I have an exciting new sponsorship partner for you guys, and it is crazy how it all happened, okay? So I'm getting married soon. I want to pick out my wedding band. I did not know that the cost of gold was the highest it's ever been. So, you know, when the rings I, I liked and they pulled out of the case and showed me and I, I turned it over, saw the price tag, and they were $1,600. Yeah, I essentially crapped my pants and ran out of there. I hate jewelry stores. I hate the salespeople. I hate the selection. We went and again, true story here, seven different stores looking for a ring and all of them had the most pathetic selection imaginable for men. So I said, screw it. I went to manlybands.com and everything after that point was an incredible experience. Their selection is huge. All sorts of styles, materials, guys, they have wedding bands made from Jack Daniels, whiskey barrels, meteorites, and even dinosaur bones. They also have a huge selection of the tungsten rings that everybody likes, cobalt, chrome, and gold. And the best part was the customer service was some of the best I've ever received. In a world of AI and bots, Manly Bands keeps it real with real freaking people. The whole experience was so awesome, I asked if we could advertise for them on the show, and here we are. Screw those jewelry stores and those salespeople. Manlybands.com. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for a whopping 25% off your order. Whether you've already got a band or you're getting married in the future, check out what they have. Also, you can order a free ring size guide, and they'll ship it straight to you. So you know exactly what size ring you need. And again, never step foot in a jewelry store. And also for you big fellows with the big hands, guys, they got rings up to size 20. Rings come with free engraving in the U.S. And they send you a free silicone band with your order. It's unreal. These guys are the best. Manlybands.com. Promo code DOGS for 25% off your order. So then linebackers. We can start, honestly, wherever you want, but I highlighted J.D. Bertrand out of Notre Dame because yeah. you interviewed him, and you seemed you seemed pretty high on him. Your quote that I pulled out of your article here that I thought stood out to me said, you just said he's going to make somebody very happy in the NFL. Yeah. So I'd like to yeah, hear about great him. Guy, great guy and extremely positive. He will tell you that he's going to light up the NFL. That, that is his, Got that that confidence. Is his attitude. Yeah. As his attitude about it. Not a lot of sacks in his, his career, but the dude is nothing but a tackler. He led Notre Dame in tackling his senior and junior year. That's impressive. He's just a, yeah, he's a tackling machine. He's only 230, 235, somewhere like that. He He's good at blitzing, I can tell. And um, he's got the flexibility to get around the edge. But he is a three-down linebacker. You're not going to have to bring him in on third downs or take him off on third downs. He is sideline to sideline. He's a playmaker. Uh, he's got extreme quickness off the edge. And um, I would say that he's he's able to recognize um, when it's a running play right off and then make a decision about which gap to, to try to, sh to shoot through. But he looks the part of a of a, a middle a linebacker. You know what's happening with the Browns now? Anthony Walker is he going to come back? Um, Jacob Phillips is our other middle linebacker. He's been hurt two years in a row. Mm -hmm. The other middle linebacker is uh, Taki Taki. Taki Taki to me 
works better at the will. If you put somebody at the mic and put Taki Taki with his speed and get him out as the will, and then uh, put JLK at the Sam linebacker, that makes a good combination. Bertrand can go right into that middle linebacker, mm. and he looks like a middle linebacker. That's what we He's got need. good height. This this thick muscular build. He's got long arms, and uh, what on the field I just saw him. He had straight line speed. The only thing I saw about Bertrand is sometimes he is so aggressive. Sometimes he would overrun plays. Okay. Well, you know, and honestly, I feel like that sort of thing can be corrected by a good coach, Jim Schwartz, you know, the guys that the Browns have in there. I'd rather a linebacker, defensive player, be aggressive and flying to the ball because I think settling down, getting in position to make the tackle can be taught. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. But I think the, Especially the instincts when is, of getting to the ball. So so where, where do you see Bertrand going in the draft is the question I'm a little nervous to ask you. I'm going to say he'll probably go in the third round. He oh. may go as far as the fourth, though. Really? Um, yeah, I am I'm, I'm I have him as a third round grade, but he did himself a lot of a uh, lot of good at the senior bowl. Um, I don't know if he was able to get himself up any higher than that, um, but he definitely didn't make himself go lower than that. Um, the the linebacker for uh, the Bengals, his name is uh, Logan Wilson. He was at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago, and I loved that guy. He was everywhere. He was flying to the ball. Um, the Bengals drafted him in the third round. Um, just an ex- exceptional, exceptional linebacker. And that's, I think that's what the, the, the Browns need. They need a smothering middle linebacker that would just go after it and and make a bunch of tackles. And Bertrand, if he's one thing, he's a tackling machine. So let's dive into Dewan Jones. He's six foot eight, 375 pounds. He's just 22 years old. He's going to turn 23 in August before the season. He was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, had Division I offers for college for both football and basketball. So those basketball skills, man, you see those. They're clear on the NFL field with how quickly this mountain of a man can move his feet, can can move around the field, shuffle. He's awesome. He's quite the athlete for his size. He played college football at the Ohio State University, my alma mater, and the Browns selected him in the fourth round of last year's draft, number 1-1-1 overall. Speaking of 1-1, DeWan Jones played in 11 games, filling in for the injured Jack Conklin. He was thrust into that starting right tackle position immediately in week one, and he never looked back. Week seven, he had the injury. He Then he came back from that first injury, played sparingly, if you recall, against Seattle and Pittsburgh. They kind of used him situationally, but he wasn't necessarily the starter. He didn't play every snap. He came back and he played, I think he started the Denver game, started the Rams game, and then immediately placed on IR with his own knee injury. So there we go. Now we're coming into the season with two right tackles two very competent, high-level, you know, when they're healthy, elite-level right tackles who both now have are coming off of injuries from the prior year. So I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do if you're the Browns, but the injuries just absolutely derailed everything this year, and it sucked. It sucked watching. It sucked dealing with them. And it sucks talking about how you move forward considering them now. So moving over to PFF, out of those 88 qualifying tackles, 
Dewan Jones' offense grade was a 64.7. That put him at 51 out of 88. His run blocking was not great, 53.5. That was 69 out of 88. But his pass blocking was a 73. That was 26 out of 88. So that's that's pretty damn good for a rookie. And that's really where we saw him shine with, was in passing downs, pass blocking situations. Just a mammoth out there. And uh, I feel like run blocking something that he can improve upon. But when you're starting out your career as a rookie, pass blocking that efficiently, that effectively, that's that bodes very well for your career as an NFL player. He played 712 total snaps. He allowed 21 pressures on 419 pass block snaps, 5% pressure rate. Remember, Jed Wills was nine. So Dewan Jones, almost half of that. He gave up three sacks, same as Jed, three hits, 15 hurries. And again, I made the note here, he played 150 more snaps, gave up fewer pressures and the same amount of sacks as Jed Wills on the other side of the ball. So compared to the six penalties on Wills, Dewan Jones got flagged just twice this season, which is awesome. Again, he didn't play the whole season, but you know, so that's pretty good for a rookie tackle going up against some really good pass rushers in his starts. And my favorite stat, I alluded to it a little bit ago throughout the name. My favorite stat for Dewan Jones, played two games against the Steelers. Now, the first game, he started the whole game, played the whole game. The second game was where he was used sparingly. But in those two games against the Steelers, and everybody's, you know, snubbed depoy TJ Watt. Big Thanos allowed just five total pressures and zero sacks against TJ Watt and the Steelers front. So Dewan Jones is made for the AFC North. He's made for the Browns, and we are very, very fortunate to have him. Thank you, Andrew. So on the contract side of things, not a whole lot to talk about. The Browns have a starting tackle for the future. He's on his rookie deal, four-year, $4.6 million contract. This is year two. Cap hit is $1.1 million. I expect some big-ass things for big-ass Thanos in year two. So I am going to have to temper down my excitement coming off of Dewan Jones because next I got to talk about James Hudson third. James Hudson is 6'5", 313. He's still just 24 years old. He's going to turn 25 in May. Born in Toledo, Ohio. Started his college career at Michigan. Maybe that's why I don't like him so much. No, I think it was his play on the field. He uh, redshirted his freshman year, transitioned from a defensive tackle to an offensive tackle. I don't know how many people knew that, but you know, coming into the NFL, he, offensive tackle, the offensive side of the ball was not his, not a whole lot of his background. He'd played defense all through high school and starting out in college. So a D tackle to an O tackle. And then he left Michigan. Oh, good move. Get out of that place. Left Michigan, transferred to Cincinnati, and the Browns selected him in the fourth round of the 2021 draft, number 110 overall. So that's kind of interesting. He was selected at 110. Dewan Jones was selected at 111. This is the thing about the draft. You know, just as a quick sidebar, it is a freaking crapshoot. So anybody out there, I see it all the time online. You can't trade away our draft picks for players because we need those draft picks. Uh, take Draft pick 110, just as a perfect example. You could get James Hudson or you could get Dewan Jones. You don't know what you're going to get. You could get something anywhere in between. You could get somebody worse than James Hudson. I'm just saying, this. This is the, these are the chances you take as an NFL GM doing the draft. You just, you do your research. You make the most educated, best analytical 
you know, decision you can at each pick. And then you just sit back and you pray to God it was not a bad pick. And that's really all you can do. Stats-wise, for James Hudson, let's see. He played in nine games, and you know he filled in with Conklin, Wills, Dewan Jones, all being out. So we were down to the bottom of the barrel at tackle. So nine games for James Hudson this year, that's way too many games with him as a starting tackle for our offense, and we felt that. So out of those 88 qualifying tackles on PFF, his offense grade was a 46.8. That was 82 out of 88. Not good at all. Run blocking was a 52.9. That's 71st. And pass blocking was a 51.1. That was 74th. Yuck. He played 556 total snaps. He allowed 29 pressures on 329 pass block snaps. A 9% pressure rate, same as Jed Wills. So come on, Jed, you got to lower that thing, man. (laughs) You look like James Hudson. He gave up four sacks, seven hits, 18 hurries, and he had nine penalties. He was heavily penalized this year. Ugh. That's about all I want to say about James Hudson. So let's talk about contract, okay? 2024 is going to mercifully be his final year on his rookie deal, which was a four-year, $4.3 million contract to begin with. His cap hit this year is a $1.25 million hit. Almost no dead cap, so I mean, to cut him would be nothing. He is, unfortunately, a very cheap depth option at offensive tackle. As I have been not shy about, he is not all that good, but... Honestly, he's probably in line with what you'd be betting on in the free agent market or later round rookie again to to replace him. So I don't love it, but he's probably going to finish out his rookie contract in Cleveland and then he'll move on and, and probably, you know, maybe get a, a depth job somewhere else. But I, I think this will he'll be here in 24 and I think it'll be his last season here. That's about all I want to say about James Hudson. Hey, Browns fans, this is Josh, and I really appreciate you guys tuning into these dog bites. It's kind of like our Saturday release, just recapping everything that's been going on during the previous week. And now I just want to give you guys a little taste of what we talk about sometimes on our After Hours podcast. If you want to hear the full episode, if you want to hear all the bonus episodes every week that we do the After Hours show, It's jointhedogs.com. Become an official Dog Pack member. You get access to every single one of these episodes on the After Hours podcast. This was actually, what, 120, 130 episodes into this podcast now. So we've been doing it for a long time. It's a ton of fun. And if you haven't checked it out yet, now's the time to do so. You get a seven-day free trial and go watch as many as you want to on that seven-day free trial. And if you like what you see, if you... If you want to stick around in the Patreon and continue to support the show, we appreciate it. And you also get access to the private Discord, so it's just a ton of fun. Join the dogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member. Here's the clip. Can we do that? We yeah, can real quick. It's, it's our fucking show. We do whatever we want. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> okay. So, have you ever walked out of a movie theater? Yes. Oh, like really? A movie? Yes. What movie? I'm trying to remember. It was back in, gosh, it might have been high school. Fuck, it might have been like eighth grade or something. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was Pineapple Express. Oh, what the fuck, That's a yeah, great bro? Movie. Yeah, I think it was Pineapple. Was it Pineapple Express? It wasn't Pineapple Express. Don't do Pineapple Express like that. I'll think about it, but I know we. I mean, it was like a group of group of friends, and we were legit yeah. the only ones in the movie theater. And we like part way through the movie, was like, do you just want to fucking go? Oh man, we left. Pineapple Express it's is great. hilarious. I'm trying to remember now. Go ahead. Fucking linger. <laughs>
It's Have one you? of my favorites. Oh, I've done it before. One of the one of the ones that like stand out to me is uh I was like really been in, big into those like Miley uh, Joe, what is it? Miley Jonovich or whatever, the Resident Evil chick. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was really into those movies. I thought they were sweet, even though they probably suck now. But she was in this movie called Ultraviolet. And I was like, we got to go check this shit. Was that out. her? Or was that Charlize Theron? <laughs> no, that's a different movie. That was Aeon Flux. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so we went and saw this Ultraviolet <laughs> movie about choked on like the air or something there. But um, <laughs> it was seriously like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And we walked out like probably an hour into it. Me and Blake have almost walked out of movies. We almost walked out of Transformers. I negotiated with them like 25 minutes into it. I was like, <laughs> hey, I was like, you want to get out of here, bro? This this sucks. Or you want to stick this out? And he's like, let's see what happens. And like, it was two and a half hours into it. And I was like, can we please fucking get out of here, bro? This it sucks. Was, it was so bad. <laughs> that's that's the closest I've ever been to walking out. For sure. Yeah. I've, never, I've never left a movie, but I just remember looking at Justin being like, what are we doing? This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> and, and it just kept going. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, God, can somebody fucking Optimus Prime die already and we can get out of here? This sucks. Like I've watched, um, <laughs> like I've watched super long movies before uh, in one sitting. I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League in one sitting. I watched the Irishman in one sitting. Uh, I watched the Batman, obviously. I watched it twice in theaters in one sitting. I saw Endgame four times in theaters. That's three hours. I have no problem sitting through a long movie if it's good. This movie yeah. was long, and it just, I still couldn't, I'll never watch that movie again. I couldn't, I you know what's crazy is I think about it now, and I couldn't even tell you what the fuck it was about. Same. Other than Transformers were in it and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. That was it, all I, those were the takeaways. So I didn't, oh, I did see this one in theaters, but we didn't walk out of it. But it was, I was so excited to see this movie because- I love the original and it was the sequel. And I thought, okay, I, I'm excited to see this. And it was Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, bro. I didn't, I started on streaming. It didn't finish. That's and how I, was, I mean, yeah. it was like, it wasn't very far into the movie at the theaters. Luckily it was one of those theaters with like the kickback seats and the yeah. lazy boy. You just went to sleep. And I'm just sitting there like this, this movie's terrible. I mean, it's just, <laughs> the plot was fucking stupid. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I, I knew Will Smith had declined. Like, so I don't want anything to do with it. And yeah. First I get one's it. Such classic too. It's tough. Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.